When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Talking Cop. It is another full-time match reaction show. It has breathlessly finished at the city ground. Knott's Forest nil, Liverpool, brackets, Darwin motherfucking Nunez won. Kev O'Sullivan, how are your nerves, buddy? How are your nerves? I was absolutely fine. I always... I, I really was. I mean, look, not don't get me wrong. The last five minutes, I was like, okay, I'd resign myself. Okay, we'll get a point. Fuck it. It's going to be a, lo- a long run in to the end of this season. And there's going to be ups and downs. And this is just one of those days where flat, whatever happens, don't lose it. You know? And you get games like this. You're always going to get games like this in a run in where it's just n- not your day. You're not on it for whatever reason. And up steps the boy wonder. Lovely, lovely goal. Lovely, lovely. The ingenuity of McAllister to just, in the 99th minute, play that ball into an area to let someone attack it, where plenty of players would have tried to get that ball at their feet and have a last-ditch shot. No, Alexis McAllister puts a beautiful cross in and Darwin turns into Darwin the contortionist and gets his header on it. And... From the minute he came on, he was a problem. And you could tell he was a problem because they panicked around him. And look, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm quite happy. We'll start at the back. You know, start at the end and work our way back. Because in fairness, this was one of those games that you have to have faith. You've got to trust this squad that they will find a way. And sometimes in football, a game isn't won in the first 45, isn't won in the 90. Sometimes it's won in the 90 plus minute and today was one of those days they're not good it's not good for the heart mind you but mm-hmm. what it's what if this had been a you know we'd scored in the first five minutes and we saw it a one nil win you're having a different conversation the fact that it's a late winner it's a last minute last gasp injury time winner it's that feeling you love that feeling as a fan and we're lucky under club we've had this feeling quite a few times where they just find a way they don't stop they keep going and i'm looking forward to later on to see how many people are going through their uh social media accounts delete 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 delete, delete, delete. <laughs> and the screen grabs everywhere 
if you don't have faith in this squad by now, don't know what to tell you. Don't yeah, if you, you if you haven't learned in however long you've been a fan of Liverpool Football Club that you don't you don't quit believing until it's literally impossible until the final whistle blows and I'm going to bring up a couple comments from Ashley L. They're not her comments. They are a quote from an anonymous Evertonian that will underpin all my thinking about this entire season. And I quote, they can have more enjoyable moments in a week of football than we've had in 30 years. Everton are the most miserable club to support in this country. A combination of us being unable to have any high whatsoever compounded by them getting football miracles on a weekly basis season after season and if that if footballing miracle doesn't sum up what's happened tonight because kev like you said it was a must not lose for me it was a must win and like oh yeah when we had i i think it was the final corner yes it was on the final corner i thought you send kelleher you send kelleher up you may as well because a draw and a loss at this point yeah it really makes no difference you may as well go all out for it. Little did I know that we had the winner already in the box waiting and ready to go. And I, I I thought I was hyperventilating until I saw the replay and everything was all good. And VAR wasn't going to be able to chalk anything off on that. And the goal was going to stand. And then it was just a pure release of emotion. And my poor wife and dog and the cats in the house, just (laughs) hiding behind any piece of furniture to get out of the range of my, absolutely joyful screaming but that that's it mate that is what it does it's like those injury time winners we've had it i mean divok has done this made a career at liverpool out of scoring these goals and when they go in you you know at three o'clock saturday if you know this had horror show written all over it i was saying last night for in the members show this will be a grind this will be a tough away day they don't they they tend to score at home under nuno they are hard to beat. They're always in games. They don't get battered. And they were, they're quite happy to sit in and wait for their break on the counter. And so it's overcommit and overcommit, and they get caught against them because they're very good and very quick on the counter. We managed that brilliantly today. You know, in the vast majority of cases, we defended absolutely brilliantly today. I never feared for a second that they were going to score. It was always a case of, will can we draw them out enough so that we can create some meaningful chances. Because of all the chances that we had today, you'd argue that none of them, there was nothing meaningful in any of the chances. They were all half, at best, there was a few half chances. You know, I don't think anyone had a, a howler of a miss. A few bad decisions here and there. But it, it looked like, for all intents and purposes, it was one of those days. And any, we've all watched enough football over the years. You know, you have those days where it just doesn't work. And you need you need someone to make it happen. And as it happens, we had two South American lads hmm. who just made it happen. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, yeah. I, it was it was just oh man, this club. Uh, this it's club, brilliant, mate. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and Look. I mean, if uh, it, if you're unaware, this was going to be a very different tone to this show at about 98 minutes and 30 seconds. So I would like to thank uh, Nottingham Forest for time wasting, for taking two yellow cards for time wasting in uh, in added time at the end of the 90, because that ensured that we did have the 
extra time to get that winner across the line. But uh, let's go right back to the start there, Kev. I mean, the lineup comes out. Kelleher's playing a goal. It looks like it's going to be uh, it's going to be his gloves and his jersey for the foreseeable future. Three clean sheets on the trot, though, for uh, the pride of Cork yeah. right there. Three different competitions, three clean sheets. Absolutely love to see it. Bradley Canate, Van Dyke, Robertson across the back, pretty much as you would expect. Uh, McAllister in midfield, you would expect that. Much to the chagrin of many people that were in the chat after last match, uh, Joe Gomez played in the six again. And Bobby Clark yep. gets his full uh, EPL debut from the start, his first league start. Elliot goes again. Gakbo goes again. Diaz comes back in fully rested. And I think you could tell that one of those starting three attackers had been rested because Madge Apple says Gakbo just needs a rest. He really shouldn't have been playing today. And I mean, yeah. where it where it needs must at this point, like, it's, Unless we were going to start Jaden Dans or Lewis Kumas again, he had to yeah, go. It, and it, it's exactly that. It genuinely, it's exactly that. Joe Gomez playing the six is not his natural position. He's played across every position in the back four. This is second game, first Premier League game playing as a six. It's needs must. It's there is nobody else. I was worried. I was hopeful last night that when I named a, a lineup that. Damo might be able to do 45. Endo might be able to do 45. But the fact that the three of them are on the bench is fantastic because it meant that at least no matter what happened, we could make five changes that were five first team squad players that we could, you know, cost us. We could have played Broad and Kwanzaa and the other three. So it's like it's, we need these guys back. You know, we need to start getting these players back so that the ones who are literally the walking, they're walking on, you know, they're sucking diesel at this stage. You know, it, it, they're running on fumes, some of them. And you can tell a mile off. It's not from the want of lack of effort. It's just literally a half a yard. They're a half a yard off it and a half a second off it in their decision, some of the decision making. And they need a rest. Gakpo, Elliot, have put Joe Gomez have put in some shift in the last three three weeks. Whereas ordinarily in the first half of the season, Klopp will make three, four, five changes every game all the time to keep it to rotate and keep everything fresh. This 11, 12, 13 players has had to go now two, three games a week for for a good while. And it today it it showed. You know, yeah, yeah, it uh, that is that is the big takeaway that I took out of the first half was it's caught up, you know, after going again and again and again and again. I mean, Harvey Elliott is being absolutely flogged. I mean, it was said after the last match and he goes again. Cody Gakpo goes again. Joe Gomez goes again. Eventually, some bodies are going to start coming back online. Thankfully, we see some of the returning players coming back on in the second half, and it was noticeable the difference that it made. Like Sabaslai was willing to get the ball and drive forward, and he had the he had the ability, he had the legs to get on the ball and drive forward with it. Uh, Endo, oh, he's just so tidy. I, it's if you're yeah. not falling in love with Wataru Endo, I, it's, I, I, I don't yeah. know if you're appreciating this properly. And I mean. He's he's got that ability, that sixth sense to sense danger that all the top DMs have. The very end, there was one. I think he, it was in our penalty box. He come across and just cut the ball out 
and gave the simple pass out. And it's it's literally silly thing. You know, it's a simple thing. But when you see it done so effortlessly, that was a dangerous ball coming across the penalty box on, you know, at a point in the game where one mistake, one mistimed tackle in that area of the box and anything could happen and we're having a disaster show. Wataru comes in, touch, pass, get on the counter. He just does the simple things so well. Absolutely and, love him. And it's it's the stuff when he first started coming into the squad when, you know, oh, it doesn't look like he can play the full 90 and he's not quite up to speed and everybody's saying, you know, it took Fabinho a couple months to get up to speed. It took Robertson a couple months to get up to speed. It was those little decisions that he was just a little slow on. He just wasn't quite sure where his teammates were supposed to be. But I've been saying it for the last couple of matches now of him and McAllister just have some sort of connection between the two of them that they're just, they just know where each other are going to be on those little passes in those dangerous zones when you're transitioning from defense into attack. A big shout out to regular uh, viewer of the channel, Arsenal for Life, who is still waiting for us to drop points. And long may your wait continue. The drive for 96 goes on. The drive for 96 goes on. Uh, we continue going forward with it. I'm just going to give everybody a quick heads up. Got 200 people in here watching already. Get in. Enjoy it. These are the days. These are the moments. These are the moments. Hit that like button for us, though, while you're there. And if you haven't become a member, I would highly, highly suggest you consider becoming a member. Uh, you can catch things like Phil Casey bullying Kev O'Sullivan over uh, over Sporting Matters on The Greatest. Yeah. I'm glad you got a taste of that as well, Kev, because I got the same thing when I was on uh, an yeah. episode of The Greatest as well, too. You oh, that's all right. Say- I, 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 I've, I've, I've got receipts. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all it's all well and brilliant. And also, we got our charity partners that we're working with for this year, which is the Lighthouse Cafe in Dublin, Fan Supporting Food Banks in Liverpool. You'll find the link in the description. If you can, please throw a dollar, a euro, a pound, whatever it is, currency that you use into that. Helps get us to our 10,000 euro fundraising target split between these two wonderful organizations that are doing better work than I certainly am on a daily basis and helping out uh, people that are absolutely absolutely in need yes and as chris brack says baseball isn't a proper sport unlike f1 and golf not or like f1 and golf not real sports i mean maybe the f1 yes. thing but golf, Mods, golf someone take care of chris there will you please yeah i know it's i mean much. the f1 was back today and uh to absolutely no i haven't seen it i haven't seen it don't know oh. it i've taped what? it i'm gonna watch it later if all right normal and, service uh, resumed i'll watch it on on um on speed and David Mathis being very, very generous, gifting a uh, Taco Call membership. Unfortunately, it goes to Avo the Third, who should be paying for his membership. Come on, Avo, you cheap old bastard. <laughs> I mean, Kev, that the first half was pretty eventless. I'm I don't know if that's a word, but uh, the yeah. one the one thing of note at uh, the 23rd minute, Nottingham Forest have a counterattack. Anthony Alanga gets in. Quivine Kelleher. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna need him, and he yeah. stepped up. I think it would have been probably yeah, called offside. offside, but it was tighter than our center halves thought. I mean, Ebo and Virgil yeah. were insistent that that was offside. What a save! And I mean, talk that, about finding form at the right moment. It is, and it, I mean that save would have given him a lot of confidence. But I think you know he's a confident lad anyway. You know that. I, I think he's an outstanding keeper. I've always said he was a really top keeper. Um, but that was offside, and that counted as their only effort on target in the half because it wasn't flagged. But 
you, you, as soon as you seen the replay, you could see it was a body length offside. So at the end of the day, this is why I said to you at halftime, I thought we defended absolutely brilliantly in the first half. It's just that when we were trying to break down their low block, I mean, they were quite happy to sit two banks of four and two of the three forwards on whatever ball, whatever was the ball side dropping in and the out ball was whoever was on the far wing. Their only tactic really was from the keeper to get, get on the ball, launch it out to Divock and try to get a counter going from there. Other than that, everything was literally stay in the game. And I don't blame them. Look, if they tried to go toe-to-toe with us, they get taken apart. They were torn apart at Anfield, and it should have been a lot more than three. But at home, in their predicament and where they are in the league, every point is vital. So the longer they can stay in the game, you know, the better for them. But it just, we just never, I never thought we'd done enough in the first half to get around the back to overload the wingers. I thought Nico Williams had a really good game. And you tend yeah. to find that with players from club that you came through at or your former clubs, that those players tend to stand up and have really good games. Dibak Origi was really good, you know, from the, the, the for the half chances that he was able to get on the ball, you could tell he's got quality and he's quick and he's strong and he's good in the air. Nico had a really good game against Luis Diaz. The difference was Andy Robertson didn't offer enough support to Lewis going around him to overload a 2v1 so they could get the ball into the box. But then who was in the box to do anything with it? Cody was in there on his own. You're not going to knock it to the far post for Harvey because he's never there. He was dropping out into the middle. So it, it, it was disjointed. You know, and, you, and it didn't, was, there was no natural was flow tactical to it. choice, Kev, for the fullbacks in the first half because they weren't really pushing forward. I mean, even Connor Bradley, you saw in the second half, he started to invert a bit get on the ball and try to influence the game moving forward. But both of our fullbacks in the first half, I felt, were very passive. Like, not passive, but very defensive-minded first of just stay in the game. Like, it felt like a just-stay-in-the-game type of approach that we took in the first half. Or maybe that's just me. No, it's it's not. I think you got to look at it. You have to respect that the threats they have and how they've been scoring goals. And they've been free-scoring for most of their games, especially under... Nuno, so it's like they they regularly score twos, and if you overcommit and lose the ball in a dangerous area, they've got players who can pick passes. Dominguez as is really good. He's got he's got a really good pass in him, and they've got players with pace who can hurt you. So I think you know the way they looked at it is you you can lose the game in the first half. You're very rarely going to win it in the first half against the side who are playing a low block like this. Plus, we knew the changes that we 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 were able to make and how many minutes we were able to get out of them. But still, with the you expect to be able to create a bit more, a bit better chances than what we did. Never worked our keeper at all in the first half, really. No, we didn't have a shot no. on target in the first half. I didn't even half. know. Who, I, I honestly thought it was the American lad still in goal. I didn't have a clue. Your man was start Dafa was starting in goal for him until I seen him like with 10 15 minutes to go in the second half. I never noticed him. And that that's a worry. That was a worry for me. Yeah, it it really the complete lack of threat. And I mean the one time where it looked like we might have a bit of threat was uh it was our second corner, maybe. 
or a first corner. We swing the ball in, and it looks like Virgil's going to have a run onto it to almost certainly volley the ball 300 feet over the crossbar, and Cody Gakpo gets in the way. And you told me at halftime, because I asked you how many touches Gakpo had on the ball, because at 40 minutes, I wrote down in my notes, has Gakpo even touched the ball? Because he was anonymous in that. Yeah. So except for getting in the way of Virgil trying to get on the end of uh, of a corner, it just, yeah, we just had nothing going forward. Like Luis Diaz, you could tell, had the energy that the other two forwards in Elliott and Gakpo didn't have because he had the midweek off. And he was trying to do something. He was getting on the ball. You know, he was trying to square up Nico Williams. But like you said, Nico Williams had a really good half. I mean, you get to halftime and it's like, that was brutal. Like yeah. that first half, nobody's watching that. Like, if, you, if you're watching the show <laughs> and you did not catch the match and you're going to watch it back on replay, skip the first half. Just yeah, skip it, the first half. It, you can almost skip the first 97 minutes, basically. <laughs> I mean, but especially the first half. But the biggest thing was they posed no threat. They really didn't. Like, I wasn't concerned that we were going to get scored against. <laughs> David Walsh is challenging uh, Ashley for her uh, role in the... Uh, oh, don't uh, worry. Chris, the... Chris Brack already did it. We've had this quote in oh. three times now. So I'll throw it up now. You're going to plop there, yeah. on the... You're just a shit Andy Carroll song. I would not sing a song like that. I would not try to wind Darwin up. And yeah, I mean, for the opposition fans to, if you're going to pick one player who's going to hear and respond to you mocking them from the crowd, I which which game was it where it looked like he missed and the crowd went, ooh, and then he put it was in the back Newcastle? of the net. No, Bournemouth in the cup, wasn't it? Where he took the terrible touch. Oh, yeah. And it took him way wide, and yeah, good. he got he got the heckles from no. the crowd, and then he cuts back inside and buries it into the top corner. It's couple couple of things, all right. Forest today showed that they are a small club. They have a small mentality. Their fan base are absolute scumbags. Every single one of them. Two minutes into the game, they're singing poverty songs. Getting a bin, a lot of you. You're absolute scum. And taunt Darwin. Go ahead, keep taunting him. At the end of the day, we might face you in the FA Cup next year if we get you in the third round because we're not going to be playing you in the league next year. Darwin Nunes has 14 goals, 11 assists this season so far. For someone who's having a bang average season, an in and out season, he's I'm absolute Darwin is absolutely fine. If yeah. they want to wind him up and taunt him and this, that, and there, do your best. But I honestly thought Forest fans today were the scum of the earth. They were absolute scum of the earth, poverty chanting throughout the game. Absolute no time for that for that fan base whatsoever. I thought it was an absolute thundering disgrace. Every single one of them, they should be thoroughly ashamed of themselves. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, sorry, I, it was just we still can't. I, I was watching it, around. and I, yeah, but I was watching, I was watching it today, and I thought, of all clubs, you should know better. I'm not going into it, but at the end of the day, yeah. that today was terrible. Yeah. They, the club, need to do something about it. And if fans don't call it out, then, you know, what's the point? Yeah. At the end of the day, and that two minutes into the game and it started. I Chelsea, they've got, Chelsea start off their songs with one song, Steven Gerrard. At the yeah. end of the day, that's all they got. But that's all they expect from a club who supplies plastic fans for their club, plastic flags for their clubs. You expect so, clubs like Nottingham Forest, given the club that they are, should know better. You know, be better. It, it's an absolute joke. 
Uh, Sam Tandy says it's the same as Luis Suarez, though. All the opposition fans booed him and never learned. So, yeah, continue continue to try to rile up La Pantera Darwin Nunez because, yeah, 25 goal contributions at this point in the season, pretty much every single team in the league would bite your hand off to have a center forward that's got 25 goal contributions on game week. Uh, what are we at? 27 now. So, you know, yeah. that's... Uh, he'll, he'll, he'll get to 20 goals this season. He'll get to 20 goals this season in the league. I, and, I'm convinced of it. He just, I mean, look, we can skip forward to when, when we made the changes because fuck all really happened. It really did. I mean, Andy, there's 50th minute, Andy Robertson. I mean, Harvey Elliott and Connor anyway. Bradley linked up really well, which they did a couple of times in this match. And that's looking like something, I mean, you say for the future, but it might actually be for next week or the week after or the week after that. But Harvey Elliott and Connor Bradley seem to have a pretty good little connection building up between the two of them there. Bradley puts a cross into the box. It falls to the feet of Andy Robertson. And I should know better. Everybody should know better than to expect Andy Robertson to score. It's a hell of a, it's a hell of an opportunity. Uh, And he misses it. He had, he had to take that with his right foot. Had to take that with his right foot. He doesn't own one. You know, it's, it's, I was literally looking at, I was like, Ah, it's Robert. Never mind. He gets in that position so often. He he should be bagging five or six goals a season, just purely because of the positioning. He does the hard work. He does everything. You know, he gets in the position so many times a season. He should be doing better. But I'm just look. I'm just resigned to the fact that he's just never going to be that Jordi Alba type left back. He'll do everything else. He'll defend. He'll whip crosses in. He'll he'll re- recycle he the ball. He'll, he'll create. He'll create. You know. He'll take fullbacks out. You know. Take a yellow card and whatever. But he'll never be that goal scorer. It's just a shame. You know. Yeah. But look, he did everything he could to be in the position. Bar take the chance. Yeah. I he uh, he gets a yellow card, uh, and then on the hour, come the hour, come the substitutions. And it was strange because about five minutes before the subs came on, they were saying that the veteran players aren't warming up. It's the kids out warming up. So yeah, it looks I saw like that. It, it looks like Liverpool preparing changes, but it's going to be the kids again. And you went like, son of a bitch. Like, why are they on the bench if they can't play? But then 60 minutes, Darwin comes on for Robertson, who was on a yellow card. And that's fine. He's still coming back. Endo comes on for Bobby Clark, who... On full debut, Bobby Clark can hold okay. his head up high. Yeah, he fine. He, yeah, I mean he wasn't he wasn't a match winner. No. But he was he, he was in and about. He wasn't you didn't look at that match. If you're a neutral fan watching that match, you didn't look at 42 wearing purple and go, he's a kid. You know, he no. was he was doing what he needed to do, but instantly Darwin Yunus gets the ball and starts driving at their defense. And you can see it puts the absolute shits up, up the forest defense yeah. because it's something that we weren't doing the whole match. Like the, you said Gakpo had 15 touches in the first half. If he had them, they were probably at the halfway line and it wasn't it was. driving it was the ball forward. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's brilliant. In 
moments and that's not what we needed today you know that might be what you need when you're playing away at the Etihad or at the Emirates or something like that to help overload in the midfield and try to win that battle in the middle of the park where it's going to be that's fine but what we needed at this point was a fucking goal and it looked like Darwin Nunes wanted to come on and score and spoiler alert he does score uh shortly after that there's a former Liverpool for former Liverpool change for Nottingham Forest uh, Taiwa Awanyi comes on for Dibok Origi, and I doubt any Forest fans are watching. If they are, that's Dibok Origi for you, because that was an anonymous Dibok Origi performance like we saw him do for years and years and years. Yeah, he put in some absolutely legendary moments for us, and he is a cult hero for Liverpool fans, but there was far more games where I remember screaming at my television, what the hell are you doing, Divock Origi? Because he was absolutely anonymous. And well, in all in all the time he had at Liverpool, I don't ever remember him playing on the right wing. Not very often. I was surprised they didn't Not play the him right. through the middle. Yeah. I was surprised they didn't play him through the middle. I understand why they didn't, but they they should have tried it because the, the way we were committing the centre backs, all it takes is one ball over the top. And he's got the legs. He, he can he can give anyone a race over 20, 30 yards. So, look, I don't care. I mean, at the end of the day, he went off. He got a, a, an applause all the way around the ground. And I think that was his. That might have been his first start ever against us since he left. I know he's made appearances against us since he's left, but I think that's his first start against us since he left. Yeah, I don't think he started for Milan yeah. when we played against him in the Champions no. League. And I don't think he started against us last season because he was injured. And he was injured yeah. when we played them at home in the reverse fixture. So, yeah, no, I look. They, they made the changes. We made our changes, and our changes impact. Like, look, they've been doing it all season. We shouldn't be surprised. But it was the intensity that it, it just it upped the level. You know, um, McAllister went out onto the left. Gakpo came out onto the right wing. Harvey dropped in deeper and started getting more involved in the play. And there were, they, we looked more dangerous. And it was literally what we've been missing in the whole game. We needed someone to just drive the ball. Kanate started doing it more from the back. Instead yeah. of looking for a pass to move it to one side or the other, he decided to bring the ball out, commit a midfielder out, and try to work a space, a triangle to go around that midfielder and create space to get in again. All takes bravery when you know you've got pace on the counter against you. Uh, but we started doing it more and more and more. And it paid dividends in the end because it, it just felt I once it got I always felt up until the 90th minute, it, we'll get one good chance. Get one good, good chance and we'll take it. Well, but, it, it it was the corners, Kev, because uh the the comms told me during during the match that Knott's Forest and I'm gonna call them Knott's Forest because I was told by a Nottingham Forest that they're not called Knott's Forest, so fuck them. I'm calling them Knott's Forest, especially with the bullshit that their fans chant. That Knott's Forest have conceded two more goals from set pieces than every other team in the Premier League, or any other team, I guess, Mm -hmm. in the Premier League this season. And we had a procession of corners. The one we ended up scoring from was, I believe, the 12th? Yeah, Yeah, it was our corner. It was our 12th corner. So that felt like, and especially given the last 10 days, Virgil van Dijk scoring from a corner against Luton. 
Virgil van Dijk scoring twice from set pieces against Chelsea in the Carabao Cup final, even though only one of them actually stood up and was held, that that felt like it was going to be our way forward. Uh, just as an aside, I don't know if anybody in the chat is close to Fife and can do a welfare check on Red Steve, who is up in God's country in Scotland, but he says he played the last game on the right wing too. Don't know why I'm watching back-to-back Forest games. So I'm really concerned about Red Steve's mental health if he's watching Forest games on the regular. That's that's not good for you, Red Steve. Yeah, Just he watch- plays with Forest. No, he plays with Forest on the right, but I never believed that you can get the best out of him playing on that position. But look, we... We made the changes. We started being more intense, but again, it was they were. It was you were ramming your head against the brick wall sometimes, and then Darwin got that one. His first chance when he first came on, he almost got a flick on the header, and he was. There was another one where Simicas had come on, and he whipped a cross in, and he just missed it. But I think he was offside. He would have been called offside on that. And but I felt if if there was anyone going to do it, it was going to be him. You know, he just looked like he was up for it. Right after they swapped Taiwo for Origi, they have I got it down as four stars in my notes. Awanyi does very good holding the ball up against Van Dyke. You know, one v one against Virgil Van Dyke is not an easy job to go and do, and he does it extremely well. And then I think it's Toffolo crosses the ball in Tualanga, and he he has to hit the target. He just that has was, to, whether he scores or not. But that is exactly that is a let off. And it was it was Kelleher holding his hands up like that was always going wide. I knew it was going wide, and it was like you didn't fucking know that was going wide. Well, you had no clue. I remember it because I remember chatting to Chris during the game, and I was looking at it, and was like. I don't think anyone else could anyone could do anything else. Gomez had to come inside to mark the runner that was inside him. Everyone was had shifted across, and Elenga came in on the overlap. It, the ball came across, skipped the player, went all the way across, and he yeah he, he, it was more good attacking than poor defending. But that was their one chance. That was the one chance in the game that you think yeah, that you know. If you're going against a side who are levels above you and you get that one chance, you have to take that one chance. And it was, um, it just went by and that was it. That was, that Uh, was it for them. It was, it was, it felt like they knew at that point that they had, they had shot their load, I guess, for lack of a better term on it. And at that point it was nil all. Nil all was their goal that they were going for from there. Uh, you mentioned the chance that McAllister puts in a dink little back post cross to Darwin Nunez. Again, foreshadowing. He, it's it's over his head. He can't quite get there. And just after that, Connor Bradley, lucky to escape a yellow card. Jurgen Klopp, extremely lucky to escape a yellow card because Callum Hudson-Odoi puts in a unbelievable Olympic level dive right in front of the fourth official. It's not even close. Connor Bradley pulls out of the challenge and Hudson Adoy goes down with a full two and a half double pike. It's ridiculous. And Jurgen Klopp loses his fucking marbles and he is one yellow card away from a touchline ban, which we do not need because 
our next league game is obviously at home against Manchester City, and I would quite like to have Jurgen Klopp on the sidelines for it, but it's so close to the fourth official, Kev. How do they not yeah. see that that's a dive? Well, Tierney couldn't see it. Tierney couldn't see it. And at the end of no, the day, I'll give right Tierney front- a pass, yeah. but uh, whoever the fourth yeah, but, official was. Yeah, but he's not going to in-game. I think that's probably what saved – that's what saved – Clock from getting the yellow. I think the fourth official did tell Tierney, yeah, that, yeah, they're right here. And that's right. He came over and just told him, look, yeah, I know. I got it wrong. Calm down. Because given him, given who the referee is, I was fully expecting Clock. Because I thought it would be typical. It would be typical of the way the Premier League is that potentially the last time we play a Man City, Clock was set in sense. Yeah. You know, and if it was any other referee, I wouldn't have been worried. But given who it was, and given the kind of game he had, although in fairness, he redeemed himself towards the end of it in mm. some ways because I was fuming at the, um, the corner for that when Dan's was taken down. And I'm like, look, I don't know what school of defending is allows you to body slam someone in the box from a corner, but it's obviously the same one that Joe Gomez went to because uh, both should have been penalties. Yeah. And it's both weren't given. So as long as both weren't given, yeah. I'm fine. I understand. Yeah. VAR doesn't give those type of penalties. But they should do. I remember a quick one. I remember going back to World Cup 2018 in Russia. They clamped down on holding in the box from corners massively. And they were booking people left, right, and center and ordering, I think they were giving penalties, they were ordering retakes nonstop at the start of the tournament. By the second round in the quarterfinals, sides were scoring from corners hmm. because they weren't defenders weren't allowed to grapple and hold in the box. They actually had to try to play the ball. Novel idea, no, in football. But ever since then, football has gone away from it. And it's literally turned into a scrum in whenever there's a set piece now. Between blocking, grabbing, pulling players to the ground. And I want for next season. That's I'd love to see the pre, the referees stamp that out completely. Make defenders defend their space. Give I mean it's you you have a corner. It's supposed to be your advantage. How is it not? How is it that defenders get all the leeway when it comes to the? Because Virgil had a free kick given against him for a, a push. I didn't see a push. I saw two players was, coming together for the ball. It was that soft was so soft. That was well. He's so not giving. Soft. He's not given a penalty for it if the defender yeah. if Van Dyke goes down and the defender does that. So it's just one thing I really hope that happens in football from next season is they clamp down on this and allow the attacking side the opportunity to try to attack attack set pieces. Well, you know, the only you... the only thing that's good is like you mentioned with that World Cup is I believe that is around about the time that Martin Skirtle retired from football, and that's the correct decision. You know, because he was famous for just full-on rugby tackling players at corners. But at least they were consistent enough within the game to not give them both. But the one on Jaden Dance, I thought was, it was really obvious. Like the player's not looking at the ball. He's doing absolutely nothing that you would call a natural defensive move from the corner. All he's doing is taking the player down. Ah, fuck him. Fuck him. 76 minute, Sabasly comes on for Elliot though. It's good to see... Dom Sabasai back, and like I said before, he just brought energy. He wanted the ball. He wanted to get on it. 
drive forward with the ball. And it looked like he was going to be able to do something with it. And man, did Harvey Elliott need at least the 15 minutes off because he has been used. He has been used. Uh, Danilo comes on for Dominguez, who had run himself absolutely into the ground. It looked like he had done both his hamstring and his quadricep at the same time. Needed help getting off the pitch. Oh, he couldn't even walk. He couldn't even walk. And as soon as he crossed the touch line, he just walked to the bench. Yeah. He's totally he had, fine. He, he, he had a case of the Bruno Fernandez. Yeah. Hey, apologize. You apologize. Hold on. No, I got too much hair to say that. Never mind. Never mind. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't bother apologizing. I'm not nearly, I'm not nearly bald enough for that. Uh 84th minute, we make our final wrap the substitutions. Connor Bradley goes off for Costa Simicas. Jaden Dans comes on for Cody Gakpo, who did not have a very uh, a very good game. No. It's from that corner because we have a corner from there. We make the substitutions before the corners. And I'm I'm no footballing tactics expert, but you don't make substitutions before a corner's taken, right? But Jaden Dans comes on, is rugby tackled to the ground, waved on, waved on. Uh, seconds later, Jaden Dance absolutely. <laughs> that is the most Aussie rules football yellow card Jaden Dance might take in his entire career as a footballer. Yeah. Whether it's with Liverpool or anybody else, he blasts their goalkeeper who managed to injure like that, his though. head, face, both of his hamstrings, I think his feet, his hands, his elbows. He was so hurt. Their yeah. keeper was so hurt because at this point, like I said, Knott's Forest was fully playing for the nil all because a single point for them is massive, is massive because they're almost certainly going to lose six or 10 points and probably go down and probably go down. After the Jaden Dan's yellow card, Kev, in my match notes, I have approaching miracle time. Fucking hell, boys, just score. We get a couple more corners. They put up eight minutes of added time after our 10th corner. I have proper miracle time now. Jaden Dans puts the ball out to Simicast. He puts a dangerous ball into the box. Their keeper sells, who's made a miraculous recovery from his multiple lethal life-ending injuries, comes out and collects from it. They go down the other end. They have a chance. Oh, it leads to a corner. Morgan Gibbs-White takes a yellow card for time-wasting. We get a foul. Danilo kicks the ball away. Another yellow card for time-wasting. So we're into plus eight minutes. Well, two yellow cards for time-wasting. You obviously have to add time on to that, right? Yeah. My comms were thinking like at 97, they're like, this is this is it. And I was like, how can it be it? If they took two yellow cards for time-wasting in plus eight minutes, you have to add some time on. Simicass wins a corner, puts a delivery in. Darwin Nunes gets a head on it at the near post. It looks like it comes off of, I believe, Murillo's back. Great yeah. save from their keeper. And yeah. Kev, you know was, I'm a positive fan, but yeah. I thought that was it. I was there then as well. That's what I said. I was like, I was watching it like everyone else was watching. I thought there will be a you will get one chance. You keep going, you keep playing the way we're playing. We'll get one chance. I honestly thought that was it. That you know, was it. That was and then Dave, 97 minutes. Almost immediately from that. And Virgil van Dyke puts a massive block in. They cross the ball across the box. Van Dyke puts a huge block in. It goes out for a Nottingham Forest corner. That could have gone anywhere. It's just literally. That could have gone anywhere. It was, but at that point, I'm, I'm sitting viciously silently on my couch, taking 
almost no notes at this point because I'm fucking <laughs> furious thinking about I got to go on and do a what show gonna say? about us having the most drab, awful, nil all game where we've thrown away our control because before the game, it's all in our hands. And again, foreshadowing, it's still in our fucking hands. We control our destiny. If we do our work, if we win our games, we finish on 96 points and we win the fucking league and nobody can stop us. And it's like, if we go nil all in this game, City trounces Manchester United tomorrow and then we have to win. We have to win next weekend. And we have to hope that Arsenal slip up somewhere else. And it's like, yes, like I'm going to be furious on this show and there's going to be just pissing and moaning in the chat and there's going to be all this infighting and blah 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 and we get one final corner and i think send kelleher up i don't even know who took the corner almost always i write down who took the corner whether it's an in swinger or an out swinger it was probably no it had to have been simicast because the ball gets recycled back out and alexis McAllister and i saved these ones from earlier kevin you have to answer you like you yeah. gotta you gotta pay the piper on this chris golding nope. would like to know do three assists in a week make you world-class? Asking for a friend, Kev. Chris Golding. No, he's a top player. He's a top-class <laughs> player. He's not world-class. Uh, I think, he's, but it is. I think he's, he's one of the better midfielders. He's one of the best midfielders in the league. He's not world-class. I'm sorry. Yeah, ask, me, ask me in two years. Yeah, I, I'm one of these people who look at world-class players I'm talking Zidane, Henri, Ronaldinho. You know, don't say Pogba. Don't say Pogba. Don't say Pogba. No, they're, they're the world-class players. There's a litany of very good, top-quality players, superstars, absolutely brilliant footballers. But the term world-class has to be held for people who do it year after year after year after yeah. year. And it's not diminishing what they are as a player. If anything... When you say that, if I say Alison Becker is world class, he's the best in the world. He's world class. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason for it. You know what I mean? And there Phoebe can't, be an, there can't be an argument. Keeper. There can't no. be an argument. You know, no, if, but if somebody says Alexis McAllister is a world class midfielder, there is a litany of arguments. Yeah. You can say he's not world class. He's very good, but he's not world class. Yeah. So I, it's, I know that Goldie was just he's trying to. Very bust good your at book. what he does. Very yeah, good at it, what he does. He's an excellent player. I'm glad we got, I think we got it, and I said it the other night, bargain of the season in terms of transfer value pound for what you're getting. But ask me in a couple of years, he'll have a few more medals around his neck and then you'll be looking at him differently. But at the end of the day, you have to, I think you have to hold that. I think there's one of the few terms in football that podcasters, pundits, Everyone throws around this world-class tag way too easily. Yeah. Way too easily. And it gets diluted. You know, and that's not a slight on Alexis McAllister whatsoever. I thought he was man of the match today before anyone says he was outstanding. He was very, very good. Hey, very good. He was outstanding today. Quit giving away the ending, Kev. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> uh there there was two comments that came in almost instantaneously yeah. from from two of our absolutely lovely members, Sam Tandy. Just as we had that last corner, I had visions of Mane versus Villa away just before the City game, which yep. we won both games. History will repeat itself. Ashley L. simultaneously saying, 
This had major shades of the last minute winner at Villa in 1920. And guess which yeah. game came after that one? City. Yeah. Ashley L then goes on to say Darwin Nunez's 99th minute winner against Nottingham Forest, or as I like to call them, Knott's Forest, is the latest match-winning goal scored by a Liverpool player in the Premier League since records began. It's brilliant, Kev. It's yeah. just look, it's this why we're here, right? It's why we're here. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. It's it's literally why we love football because it's a 90 minute game it's a 99 minute game and you can lose it in the first like i said earlier you can lose it in the first half but you rarely win most games in the first half this today you just love a late winner you love a late winner in any game but especially in a game like this where we weren't very good we weren't on it we were a bit flat it just wasn't clicking and we were huffing and puffing doing all doing our best try it as much as you could and eventually your perseverance is rewarded because that quality show, quality won out. That having the balls to take that ball down and put a chip into that area in the hope that someone attacks it. Darwin Nunes having the self-awareness of where he is on the pitch to get back on side to give himself the chance to attack that ball. He, knew, he trusted that the ball was going to come. And he just trusted himself to get back on, get back on side, to make sure he could take that, take that header. And he gave the keeper no chance. Gave the keeper no, no chance. No, you know, I, and Forrest can, Forrest can cry and complain and bitch and moan all they like that the game went on past nine minutes. It's at the referee's discretion. It's nine minutes plus the referee's discretion. And you They're fucking wasted time. You were funny blowing with it. You yeah. wasted time. You did time wasting. Well, guess what? Time wasting is for time yeah. wasters. Now, Kev, yeah. I, I got to pull you up on this because uh, Chris Brack, yeah. he says you WhatsApp him at full time and yeah. you said that is a world class assist by a world class player in McAllister. Do you want to see my phone? <laughs> I don't know. It, it I, do you have, it, it do you have any messages exist. from Christian Horner on there? <laughs> Because in that case, I was, no, I was I saving those for our F1. I was saving those for our F one series. <laughs> but, <laughs> nah, I look. Need... I mean, who would you go for as man of the match? Put, guys in the chat. Put your um, chat in for man of the match. And that's the end of me texting Chris back during games. Exactly. Yeah. See, I see. He's, I'm, he's, I, he's I absolutely. Making, he's making shit up. Man. Yeah. Exactly. Up, you're, you're ruined now, Bracky. Uh, Scouser Pete says, hit like. Less than half of you have. Maybe you might need to refresh Come your page. On, Hopefully more than uh, half of 262 people have. Man of the match for me, I'd probably say Alexis McAllister. I just find that he just brings so much calmness to that midfield. He's so... Whatever the level directly below world class. Is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's in that club, 100%. Yeah, I mean... He's, not, he, he's so comfortable on the ball, isn't he? he? He loves taking the ball in tight spaces, getting his head up, and picking passes. He can dictate play so much. And it, the fact that Endo was there, and you're seeing him on the left dictating the play, he was... Um, he's, he's outstanding. He, he, he can make a side tick, and he can become the most important player in the club. If... <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's, Steve, you <laughs> that's are like the, incredible. 
That that is like you've got your WBC World Heavyweight Champion and you've got your WBC International Pearly Diamonds. No, it's it's that's the that's the intercontinental. intercontinental. That's the intercontinental <laughs> champion. It's not the world heavyweight champion. Yeah. It's the intercontinental. So who's, who's the TV champion? Yeah, that's the intercontinental oh, that's champion. Chris Golding says next stop, world class. Fuck that, yeah. Chris Golding. Guess what? Next stop is Premier League winner, is FA Cup winner, is Europa League winner. It's uh, but yeah, I I mean you kind of gave it away, Kev, in terms of your man of the match. My, yeah. There's a few it, shouts coming in there. Darwin knew, or Diaz put a shift in. You know, it it was it was one of those games where, def, like I said, defensively, um, I mean, the shout for Kelleher came in. Defensively, we're so sound. We're yeah. so solid. It was like, yeah, they, they were always going to get half chances on the counter. But I thought we, in the main, we managed it really well. You know, I never really felt threatened that they were going to do anything, given the fact that they do score. You know, so is this is this comment true, Kev? Did you see this? Because after the match, I I I had to go hit the old water closet and go for a smoke because that was too much for my nerves. But Antioch the third says my man of the match is Paul Tierney for red carding the Knotts Forest chairman after the game. Did he honestly? Not chairman. Um, one of the coaches. He, unless one of the chairmen came down onto the pitch, I didn't see. But he, uh, uh, what's his name? Reed. Oh, I can't remember his first name, but he's, he used to be. No, you know his surname is Reed. Andy Reed he used to be a Republic of Ireland international, former Forest oh, player. The, the but head yeah, coach he, of the Kansas whatever he's, team? whatever he said to Paul Tierney, the red card came out straight away. Abel the third says it was a coach, yeah. but Antioch the third says I'm sure it was the chairman. So Mao apparently. Oh, yeah, Stephen Reed. Stephen Reed. Stephen Reed. Stephen Reed. Stephen <laughs> the entire staff got yellow carded, and then uh yeah, Super Bowl yeah, winning they were coach Andy they were hopping mad, you know, and I don't get it. Why? I mean, maybe uh it's in the Ashley's comments why they were t- so ticked off. You know, I I don't get it. I don't know if that one came up. Uh I here's a comment I saved earlier from Scouser Petey says Gomez has to be our player of the season. No ifs, no buts. The boy has been absolutely fucking Trojan for us. Without his talent and commitment to our cause, we'd be fucked. I mean, Joe Gomez in this game played number six, he played left back, and he played right back. And whether you think he's world class, continental class, nation <laughs> class, whatever. He did the job we needed him to do. And I mean, Kev, for me, this goes back to the, the conversations we had on shows before the season started when the summer awful transfer window was open. The do we need to sign another defender of going, we don't need to sign another defender if we get lucky with injuries. We have not gotten lucky with injuries, but what we have gotten lucky with is players like Joe Gomez absolutely stepping up absolutely stepping up like at the end of the season i really hope that i'm over in liverpool and dublin with all you guys after the final match game of the season and we're lifting all the trophies except for the fa cup which will happen the week after the weekend after i get back to canada but it's going to be hard not to on the current rate that we're going at of saying that Joe Gomez might be our most valuable player for the season. 
because he's got he he's has, in the conversation, isn't he? He has he's, absolutely stepped into the breach when we needed him. We lost yeah. we lost both of our left backs to long term injuries, and Joe Gomez just went, "I got it. It's fine." Yeah. We hit this point at the end of February, the start of March, where we have no midfielders left to play. We run Endo into the ground in the Carabao Cup final. Like the comments, uh, the quotes that he came out with afterwards, where it's like, I could feel my hamstrings and it felt like they were both about to snap. But I just knew I had to keep on going. And you're like, that's the warrior spirit that we need. But then he can't play the next game. So what happens? Oh, we just played Joe Gomez in the six for the first time in his entire career. <laughs> I, for a player that so many people wanted to sell, in the summer, I was I was going to say I was getting words. I was getting yeah I was getting really frustrated doing um, transfer shows mm. in the summer when people they're the worst. And look, no offense to anyone in the chat, you know I I respect all your opinions, love most of you. Um, it was driving me insane over the last few years. The amount of people who were willing to to take the forty million for Curtis Jones, take the money for Joe Gomez. Because the versatility that the, the players and the experience, the versatility and experience that these players offer you within the squad is you, you have to have a squad with players like him in it. They can't all be your Mo Salas, your Dominic Sabozlois, you know, Darwin Nunes, Luis Diaz, your Silky Smooth, Diogo Jotas, Virgil van Dijk. You have to have your dogs of war and the guy who will go to the trenches for you, who will. Go out of his way to be the James Milner in a squad who will do the ugly stuff and put a shift in and be a leader on the pitch. Joe Gomez, to me, has been at the club for such a long time now. He's outstanding Longer than Liverpool anyone. Player. Outstanding Liverpool player. And anyone who doubts what he offers this club, I don't know what to do for you. I'm just praying that Gareth Southgate stays the fuck away from him. Yes. Because... Unfortunately, I think he should be in an England squad. He should be going to the Euros in the summer because of the versatility that he offers within a squad. But I wish and I hope that for the March internationals that Jurgen Klopp is strong on this with some players that are within that squad and say, look, I need to do an Alex Ferguson here and I need you not to go for a few of these players, especially the ones who are bordering on the red list you know and Joe Gomez as much as I think he deserves a call up for national for international side I don't want anywhere fucking near it I don't want Harvey Elliott anywhere fucking near it yeah let him call call up Harry Maguire call up Harry Maguire that's fine go with Maguire that's good I (laughs) Scouser Pete on the money here he says notice how we still mention Millie with affection but blood money Hendo meh you're absolutely right. All right, Kev, I'm going to get to my absolute favorite part of the show, which is obviously the yep. Ashley L post-match comments. But just quickly before that, Kev, do you know how many goal contributions we have from substitutes this season? I saw it flash up earlier. I know you did. That's why I lot, waited it, before I asked it, you. No, it's a, it's a lot more than what I thought. Go on. It's 43. 43. I was 38. Contributions. It's 21 goals and 22 assists, which is the most of any side in Europe's big five leagues. Hashtag mentality from Opta Joe, which is great, which is great from Chris Brack. Thank you, Chris Brack, for that. I mean, again, you're stealing Ashley L's thunder. But let's get into the good bits. Ashley L with quotes from Alexis McAllister. 
a special day for us. To win it like that is not easy. We came to a tough place in that moment. We knew it was the last minute, and I just had to put it in the box. Then Darwin did the rest. As always, he's an important player for us. He's back, so we are very happy. Nuno de Espirito Santo says, I will not comment on the referee. We played a good game. Liverpool are a very good team with a great manager. We had clear chances to do better. We should have been more clinical. Yes, yes, you should have. McAllister goes on to say, then second half, we did a little bit more. We know there's no easy game in the Premier League. This is a tough place. You can see the atmosphere. So very happy because it's three points. And now we move on and think about Thursday. McAllister goes on to say, you can see Virgil van Dijk and our leaders always keeping the team very positive, and that's very important to keep going until the end. Uh, A quick interlude from Chris Brack with another fun stat. 18, Liverpool have scored a 90th-minute winner in 18 Premier League games under Jurgen Klopp, more than any other team since the German took over. Hashtag monsters. Again, Joe loves that final one-word hashtag sentence because he's a... Twitter user. Ashley L with some Jurgen Klopp post-match quotes. The group is special. We've known that for a while. The players have to fight a lot. It never comes easy for us. On Darwin Nunez, Klopp says, it is super important. It's always super decisive and deserved. People start singing that song more often. This is the best way to quiet it. Klopp asked about Boris' unhappiness with the stoppage time for the Kanate head injury. It happened exactly the same in the first half, just the other way around with the injury for Dominguez. So tough luck there, Knott's Forest. Klopp goes on to say four games in 11 days. Come on. With our current squad situation, it is tough anyways, but it is super tough. We can't just come and play them out of the stadium. An unbelievable effort we had to fight. McAllister on Manchester City says, we know they are a very good team. They are second. (laughs) Yeah. But Arsenal are there. It will be a great battle, that's for sure. And we will do our best to win the game. Klopp goes on to say, if you asked me 12 days ago if it was possible to win all four, I would have said no. This win is up there. We only have 63, which is points, because we won. Others, but today, it was like Villa 2019. So there you go to all the people saying that this had shades of the Villa 2019 about it. Uh, Klopp says, incredible assist in the very last second. Wonderful feeling. I'm really happy. I can't ask for more than what the boys are doing. The goal is set up by a guy who is the calmest on the whole pitch. I saw it live, but I'll never forget it. He was calm. He chips the ball in there. Super assist and super important goal. And Ross goes on to say, can we just note, Nunez epitomizes the absolute spirit of Liverpool. Feck the odds, and I'll stop attacking when I'm dead. And that's it, Kev. It's what I said. That's if it. you're not watching until the final whistle gives that three blasts, yeah. This is no. Liverpool. Yep. I'll be honest. I don't see anyone going on be going to the rest to the end of the season without dropping points and losing games. Man City, Arsenal, or ourselves. I just don't see it. But I see us giving commitment to every single game that we play. And we will be in every single game that we play, and it won't be a want or or a lack of effort that lets this side down. It, we need players back. We need bodies. We need to get to the end of the international break with hopefully another three points in the bag. Get to the international break. Pray that people come back healthy, and then we look at the, where we are, and then we have the run in. All right, uh, that's where I see it. That's where I see we are. 
but we we desperately need bodies back just to help the numbers to help the squad. And it's it's already started though, Kev. You saw yeah. Sabaslai back, Nunez back. Yeah. Hopefully the next one, the next cab off the rank is going to be Mo Salah coming back, and that will change. Yeah. <laughs> Holy Joe shit. Gomez, or sorry, uh, Curtis Jones, Mo. Then I think is, it would probably be Trent Denali. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then if we're lucky, we might get for the final two three weeks of the season, we might see a little bit of Diogo Jota. Yeah. Don't please people unless you are some sort of championship free diver. Do not hold your breath to ever see Tiago wear the number six jersey for Liverpool again. Yeah, it's. I think with, without no. even with, without the likes of Tiago and Stefan Bacic, I'm not bothered about not seeing Stefan until next season. No, you know, that's fine. Recover, let him recover oh. properly. Any, yeah, and Ryan Gravenberch. I don't think Gravenberch or Curtis Jones are too far away. I mean, Curtis was a, a spraying high in his ankle. You know yourself, if you've rolled your ankle, that hurts for a few weeks. Yeah. You know, so he'll probably be back training. I also don't do a lot of running, though, Kev, if I'm being honest. I walk well, professionally brisk, delivering brisk the mail, but I do not run. Brisk walking. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah it, it's it's one of those things. You want you need, hopefully, to start seeing those rolling back into the squad. And no offense to the to the kid, to the players, the youth player, the younger players who were in the squad today. I love to get to the end of the season and not see them again until preseason because that means everyone's back. And if everyone's back, we have a chance of winning the lot. You know, and that's all you can hope for. We have a chance. That's all you can hope for. That is all you can hope for. Now, where was that comment? Ah, here. From a, from a YouTube regular, Thor the Dyslexic Polyglot says, as the Anfield rap say, quoting an Evertonian. Oh, quoting an Evertonian. Well, I'm going to bookend this show on exactly that, Thor. I mean, Kev, before we get out of here, you got any final words? Uh, any any insights on who might play away to Slavia Prague on Thursday? Not uh, Scooby. Look, pray, <laughs> pray that Darwin and Damo recover well from this because we gambled on Mo and it didn't pay out. I mean, so, it paid out for my for my FPL that week, but since then, yeah. no, it has not. Since then, no. I you just pray that they recover well, and you know the few days that we have now, these few days break, will give everyone hopefully a bit of a chance to recharge the batteries. Sparta Prague won't be an easy place to go. They never are in Europe, but over two legs, you know, you just want to try and do a job over there, put you in a good position for the second leg, and then all focus will be on the next Sunday. Fucking rights next Sunday, man. Yeah. Next Sunday. Please don't. Oh, don't forget. Don't forget the um the link in the description. Share it around your social medias. Um, hit the like button, all that good stuff. But more, most importantly, if you can donate, please donate. It, it, it we need to kickstart it now. It's you know we need to start getting these fivers and tenors into the pot. Um. If you're gonna go, if you're going out tonight and you want your you're going in rounds and you're buying some of the pint, stick a stick a pint in the in the pot for us as well. We really appreciate it. It really help us out a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely the thing. I mean, uh, if you're if you're a regular of the show or you pop in every so often, you will know that the thing about the Talking Cop channel, formerly the LFC Day Trippers channel, is we like raising money for good charities, doing good work. So the Lighthouse in Dublin, fan supporting food bank in Liverpool both doing absolutely fantastic work. You'll find the link in the description for the shows, whether it's on YouTube 
or whether you're on your podcasting app after the fact. Thank you for listening to the show. Give us a nice rating. Don't give us a rating, but help out our charity partners that are in there as well. You'll also find the link to Phil Casey's charity, who is doing five endurance races, raising money for the Laura Lynn Hospice in Dublin, which is Dublin's only children hospice, which is a massively wonderful thing to be raising money for. So continue to raise money for that. Force Phil to continue to train and run up and down whatever they call mountains in Ireland, because I do not think you guys actually have mountains over there because it's a pretty flat country. I've been there a couple of times. And yeah, we serious. have big hills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those, those, aren't, those aren't mountains. I live in a city no. that uh, currently I live on the mountain in Hamilton, and it's about 500 feet high. So that's about an Irish mountain right there. But still, Phil is doing absolutely wonderful work. But like I said, to take you guys out on, They can have more enjoyable moments in a week of football than we've had in 30 years. Everton are the most miserable club to support in this country. A combination of being unable to have any high whatsoever compounded by, and this is the important part, them getting football miracles on a weekly basis, season after season. And I'm not going to lie to you, Kev. There's been some fucking miracles in the last week because within seven days, we have won a cup and we've won a game with basically the last kick of a ball. And if that isn't Liverpool football club, I don't know what is. So get in folks, hit that like button. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again, Mr. O'Sullivan for being here with me. Absolute pleasure. There'll be plenty of shows. There'll definitely be a show Sunday night with Gavin, the lads wrapping things up from the weekend. And hopefully we get a little bit of luck. Hopefully Baldy Ten Hog and his boys do something, anything for us in the Manchester Derby tomorrow. Do not hold your breath, but this is Liverpool. All we got to do is do our own work. If we win all of our games, we win everything. And that's all that we can ask for people. So in terms of us, we'll see you after the match on Thursday. Have a good one, folks. Adios. Sports Social Podcast Network.